This is a financial promotion. If you decide to invest, please remember that investment involves risk. Investments can go up and down in value, so you can get back less than what you put in. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance and may not be repeated. The Ravenscroft Cash Management Service is only suitable for UK professional investors or offshore investors. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Ravenscroft podcast. My name is Ashley uh, from the marketing team here and today we're talking to John Pope from our cash management team. Hello John. Hello Ashley, hi. So there's been no shortage of discussion points when it comes to the markets in 2023 and although many people had hoped that things would perhaps start to settle down post-COVID, it certainly hasn't been the case. It goes without saying that the rising interest rates have impacted many investors but for the cash team it actually offers some welcome opportunities, doesn't it John? Yes, that's right. Actually, it does. Um, after 15 years of ultra low interest rates uh, and the fear of negative interest rates, we've obviously seen a significant improvement in interest rates over the last year. And um, we're rather like um, the cash seems a bit like moles that have appeared blinking into the sunlight to see the, the new uh, the new landscape that is ahead of us. <laughs> what an image for our, our listeners. <laughs> So before we get too much into things, John, can you talk us through how the macro environment these past five months has impacted cash and as, a, as an investment option for those that perhaps haven't been following it too closely or those that just need a bit of a recap? So if we, if we go go back a year, um, really, or 18 months, the UK central bank was the first central bank to start raising interest rates, closely followed by the Federal Reserve and latterly by the uh, European Central Bank. Um and really, the pace of those interest rates has has continued. Um, and over the last year, we've seen a significant increase in interest rates. And we're now at a, a point where, certainly in the US, the economic data is suggesting that inflation is starting to slow. And so people are thinking that perhaps the the, the pace of interest rate rises in the US has, has peaked and the next move in the US might actually be down. So yes, in the US, uh, markets are, are expecting a pivot uh, towards rate cuts, um, there's been some some concern uh, in the US about um, the balance sheet of some of the regional banks. Um, and historically, the Federal Reserve has always acted um, very quickly um, when there's been any sort of threat to the financial stability of the system um, by cutting interest rates. Um, but at the moment, given that whilst inflation is falling in the US, it's still well above target. They've got less room for manoeuvre than perhaps they have had historically. The, the UK labour market has has shrunk um, as a result, really, of both Brexit and COVID. There's a lack of supply, um, and so in, in any market where you've got um, reduced supply uh, and increased demand, the price is going to go up a little bit. So that's where we've seen pressure, upward pressure on wages. Um, so that's one reason why we've had uh, significant inflation in the UK. And the other thing, of course, is that the UK predominantly imports most of its energy and food, um, and they have also the cost of that has also gone up in 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 price. In the case of Europe, a lot of strong labour market and pent up savings have, have also been part of the explanation for for uh, inflation. Um, and the ECB was also late, really, to the to raising cycle. They were the, the they started off with interest rates at the lowest because interest rates in the eurozone were negative, um, and they were the last to start raising them. So there's a little bit of catching up that has to happen as well. So macro, from a macro perspective, just to recap, the US were expecting a weaker economy uh, and potentially the next move in interest rates to be down, although markets might be anticipating too much movement from central, the central bank. Uh, eurozone and UK um, 
we're getting towards the peak of interest rates, but we think there's a little bit more further for them to go. And on the interest rates, at this point, it looks like higher interest rates are here to stay. Would that be correct to say? Um, yes, I think so. Uh, certainly, um, we started off by talking very briefly about the fact that interest rates have been very low for the last 15 years. And I think if you look at that historically, perhaps over a slightly wider period, the last 15 years might come to be seen as a bit of an anomaly, really, and that we are perhaps going back towards a more normal um, interest rate cycle. Uh, and really, the reasons for the change in outlook, I think, are, are quite simply that that everything really is, is going to cost a little bit more than perhaps it has done over the last 15 years. Um, if you think about the, the current international geopolitical environment you've got uh food and energy security is suddenly much more important part of the agenda uh, and so that means that food and energy is going to cost more um and really the other big uh thing in everyone's mind is climate change uh, and again the solutions to climate change are going to be expensive it's going to be more expensive to generate electricity using cleaner sources um than the traditional um, fossil fuel uh, way of, of generating power. Um, and also, if you think about, uh, just as an example, um, electric cars, the cost to retooling all of the various production lines to move away from producing petrol-based cars to electric-based cars and then changes to the supply chain, all of that is going to be a lot more expensive um, and require a lot more uh, capital expenditure. Um, and so prices are going to have to have to go up. And what is the outlook for cash portfolios in this sort of scenario? Are they positive, would you say? Certainly, yes, I think they are. I think the outlook for cash portfolios has, is, is brighter now than it has been at any time in the last, certainly the last 15 years, because interest rates are higher. But the also, also, I think um, if, as we move from one period, economic period of the last 15 years, to, uh, to a slightly more uncertain outlook, outlook uh, in terms of the geopolitical outlook, um, the outlook for inflation, um, the, the way in which globalization is, is, is under some some threat, uh, uh, then in any sort of period of change, you're going to have more volatility. Uh, and so markets, which traditionally have done very well over the last 15 years, may the outlook might be slightly more um, clouded for them. Uh, and so the price movements in some of these markets might be a lot more uh, rapid than we've been used to seeing. And so in a, in a period where you've got um, uncertainty and cash traditionally has been a very low volatile investment class. Uh, so that means cash becomes more attractive as a as a store of wealth. Um, and at the same time, if the interest rate that you can get from cash is now more attractive, then people might look at cash and think, well, do I want to take the additional risk that bond or equity markets might um, might offer me? Is it worth the risk? Uh, worth the additional return I'm going to get over the rates I can now get on my cash deposits. And now we know, John, that obviously investment, uh, there is no risk-free type of investment um, and cash is no different. So can you just tell us a little bit about the risks uh, for cash portfolios? Yes, you're right, Ashley. Yes. Um, and even in the in the quiet world of cash markets, uh, there ha there are some, some clouds on the horizon. As, as we alluded to um, in our introduction, we talked about the regional banking problems in the U.S., the fact that Silicon Valley Bank um, failed, uh, that was the 16th largest bank in America. Um, and we did cover that in some depth in our, our May cash note. So it's um, probably not really the time to, to rehash all of that. So one of the reasons that uh, US regional banks have been struggling um, is because uh, interest rates in the US have risen so quickly and so so rapidly. Um, so 
again, it all comes back to uh, risk and return, even in cash. Uh, you've got to be careful about where you're lending your money, which banks you're lending your money to. Um, and, and obviously, if if you can see that one bank is paying significantly more for deposits than other banks, perhaps it's worth asking a question about why that might be. And I know we're going to look at the uh, the choice of banks and how we sort of um, what we do to make sure that the banks we invest in um, can withstand any changes in the environment. But but, we, but before we get to that, at this point, we're not seeing prices or inflation falling. Um, UK core inflation, for instance, is at six point eight percent, which is up from six point two last month. Uh, these figures are the latest uh, per Bloomberg, and this is at the thirtieth of May. So just talk us through the impact that might have, John. Well, in, in a nutshell, um, it means that the MPC's work is not done uh, in the UK in terms of um, combating inflation. Uh, we are expecting energy prices to fall this year because, it's, uh, because of the, um, the, the way in which the inflation index is, is calculated. It's an annual calculation. And so if energy prices are, are cheaper this year than they were last year, then effectively that means the index has, has reduced. Although, of course, it's important to, to point out that inflation is still going up. It's just the pace of the increase has, has fallen. Um, but the core inflation is something that the MPC will be very concerned about. Um, and it shows, it shows again, just how sticky and how uh, ingrained inflation can become in an economy. And what the Bank of England obviously wants to avoid is, is, is a wage price spiral where um, inflation goes up. So therefore, people put prices up, people put prices up and so inflation goes up and wages then follow along along and that's what happened in the 70s we had a wage price spiral um which meant that in the early 80s um central banks in the us and the uk had to raise interest rates very high to try and stamp out inflation and they were very successful in doing that um and so the the object of the exercise at the moment is to try and um manage down inflation expectations to a certain extent to put interest rates up to really, really high level. Now, we're still very much navigating this new environment of higher interest rates and inflation. But the truth is that nobody really knows what's going to happen next. We haven't really had sort of a historical precedent for this where we've had a a, pandem- a global pandemic followed by a war. Um, so it's all very much uh, we're just sort of navigating as we go. Um, and while the sentiment is, as we've discussed, that higher interest rates are here to stay, if economists have wrongly predicted the effect of higher rates, what else might surprise on the upside, John? Well, um, the economy, the, the, I think you've got to look at perhaps China reopening. Uh, they're the last major economy to, to reopen, uh, and that's going to give a boost for, for uh, economies. Uh, certainly, the Eurozone is a very big trading partner with China, so that's a really positive thing for the Eurozone. Um, so... The Bank of England, this time last year, we're talking about uh, the UK going into the deepest, a very, very deep recession. That hasn't happened yet. Um, some people think that what's actually happened is that the recession has been postponed and that we will still see a recession. But at the moment, economic data is, is slightly better than anticipated in the UK. And the Bank of England have forecast up their um, economic forecasts. So the outlook potentially could surprise on the upside. So if we have a continued improving economic activity uh, and inflation continues to um, stay above target, then there's certainly a lot less room for any potential interest rate cuts and interest rates could go a little bit higher. And going back to the point earlier about uh, interest rates and the impact on banks, um, 
when it comes to our cash management team and the investment service we offer, how do we ensure that the banks we use are able to withstand these higher rates? Obviously, we have seen instances like Silicon Valley Bank um, where they just haven't been able to to weather the storm, as it were. So what measures do we have in place to mitigate these risks? The first thing I think to say is that that we cannot, um, there's, there's no guarantees, as, as we all know, in investment. Uh, and so we cannot categorically um, provide, unfortunately, a guarantee. As much as we wish we could. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but what we can do is, is say that we've got, uh, as, a, as a cash management team, first of all, we've got 25 years experience of investing in, in the money markets. Um, and uh, sadly, uh, the current situation is not our first crisis that we've navigated through. Um, of course, 2008 was a far bigger um, crisis, uh, and we managed through that. Um, and uh, it, I guess we um, learn, learn, everyone learns as they go through life. Uh, and the big lesson that, to take away is that we use the biggest and, and the best banks. And so to use some of the names that we've talked about um, as, as, as struggling, um, those banks wouldn't be on our, our list of approved uh, counterparties. Um, they are uh, they were just as big as they might be in their, their regions, too small and a global situation for us to, to look at. So diversification is really important, but it's important to diversify across um range of top quality big uh, uh, and globally important banks um so we, we are investing in the best biggest and best banks in in um not only just in the uk but in, in canada in australia in america in scandinavia so we've 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 got a client we've got client funds spread across these great big um globally important banks and it's important as well to remember that these banks have done an awful lot of um uh, improving of their balance sheets over the last 15 years post 2008 um, there are all sorts of um, uh, accounting and regulatory changes that have been implemented to mean that these banks that really do um, drive uh, the global economies are able to withstand these um, shocks and strains. So in addition to that, John, what sort of specialist instruments do we use to um, invest our client funds? Well, that's a very good um, good question, Ashley. And it is uh, um, really our unique selling point to a certain extent um, it is as our expertise as a cash management team is in using certificates of deposit um, rather than straightforward fixed deposits. So uh, quick uh, recap, we all know a fixed deposit uh, has a start date, an end date and a coupon. So you, you lend your money to a bank for a fixed period of time and you get a coupon uh, or, or an interest rate on maturity, you get your capital back and the interest you've earned. With a certificate of deposit, it's got the same basic attributes, but um, you could sell the certificate of deposit midway through its life if you needed your money back. That's the big difference. So with a, a fixed deposit, um, if you lend your money for three months and after six weeks you need your money back, you have to, unfortunately, you have to wait for the next six weeks until the deposit matures. With a CD, what you could do is sell the remaining period of the, of the um, investment uh, and get your money back. So that gives our clients three really big advantages. First of all, there's the liquidity. They, don't, they, they know that if um, we've invested their money for them uh, and they need the money back, um, they can have it back because we will sell the CD. Um, so that means that you can go a little bit further down the yield curve at the moment. The, more, the longer you lend your money, the better the return. So obviously, uh, if, you, if you've got less concern about needing your money back or you know you can have your money back, then you can afford to take advantage or you can take advantage of the, the better rates available. Um, and then and then we've talked about already about diversification, making sure that your money is spread across more than one bank. Literally all your eggs are not in one basket. 
Um, so we all know that opening bank accounts is quite time consuming. Um, and you perhaps, if you're an institutional client with a, a large cash balance, you don't want to have the chore of opening multiple bank accounts to achieve this diversification. But if you come to cash man- Ravenscroft Cash Management, uh, we're a one-stop shop. And the outcome uh, that a client of Ravenscroft Cash Management will expect is they will own a portfolio of certificates of deposit issued by um, globally systemically important financial institutions, these great big banks we've talked about. Um, they will The CDs they own will be liquid, so we can sell them if we need to, and you can have your money back. Um, and you've achieved a really nice level of diversification across a geographical good spread of names. So we've touched on uh, the liquidity aspect of a certificate of deposit um, and also the diversification because we can buy multiple uh, CDs issued by multiple banks. Uh, a third really good uh, benefit, uh, and this is really where it comes into, into re- the return of a cash portfolio, is on the duration that we can go out to. Um, so again, we've we've talked about liquidity. If you were, if you of an institution um, might need some money back, but they weren't entirely sure about when that money would be required. They would obviously want to keep any fixed deposit quite close to, to maturity, so perhaps one month or two months or something. Our certificates of deposit can be issued out to 12 months, and in actual fact, they can be issued longer than 12 months, but 12 months is, is, is the norm for markets. Um, so if you know that you can sell a CD um, early, then you've got the ability, or we as, as a cash manager have got the ability to be able to go a little bit further down the yield curve. And by that, I mean buy CDs with a longer maturity, so perhaps six or 12 months, um, and therefore improve the return we're able to generate um, for a client's portfolio. And also uh, we create a, a, a quite a nice maturity ladder. So we're not going to just buy um, all 12-month CDs or all one-month CDs. What we're going to do is ladder the maturing investments over a range of inve- periods, so perhaps some, some one month, some three months, some six months, and some 12 months. So the portfolio has got a range of maturity dates, um, and that gives you another benefit to, to a cash portfolio. So you've got a well-diversified, liquid portfolio of, of assets. And at the moment, uh, at the time of recording, because uh, things are changing almost on a day-to-day basis, uh, UK base rates are at 4.5% return for cash investors, uh, which makes it quite attractive, as you said, more so than they have been for uh, years now. Um, so if anyone wants to find out more about the Ravenscroft Cash Management Service, John, just tell us um, how they can get in contact and how they can find out more about suitable investment opportunities for them. Well, we'd be delighted to talk to anyone at any time about, about our cash management service. Um, one of the real benefits we like we'd like to think is that we are approachable and available at the end of the telephone or an email um or you can go visit our website uh, www.ravenscroftgroup.com um and also uh, we are uh, an exhibitor at the airmic conference in manchester from the 19th to 21st of june so if any of our listeners are attending that conference please come along and see us at stand 109 fantastic thank you so much john and thank you everybody for listening Great. Thanks very much, Ashley. Thank you.